Welcome to the Music Grind Podcast. This is episode 10. Welcome back to the Music Grind, and if this is your first time listening, thanks, welcome. And if it's not, if you're back, thanks for coming back. This is, as uh, as always, the podcast where I talk to working musicians. We try to get a day in the life look, a perspective on what we do as um, as working musicians. So, what, here's what I do: I talk to other working musicians. And, um, you know, see what they do, what they have to do to survive, what it's like on tour, uh, what it's like to teach, uh, to arrange and to be in the studio, all those things. We're going to cover all of that stuff. As I said in the last um, in the last episode, wedding season is upon us. So now, um, you know, the working musicians here in Florida are we're at our busiest. Uh, so. As a result, this podcast, I'm, I'm scrambling here at the last minute to put this together because I haven't had time. I haven't put um, put the time into doing this. But here we are, another um, podcast episode. You can always find me at, um, at Music Grind Podcast on Instagram. Uh, Music Grind Podcast at Gmail uh, is the email. So send me, send me, uh, an email. Tell me what you think, uh, any questions you have, any suggestions you have, any, uh, people that you might want to hear me talk to, uh, let me know what you have on your minds. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of what's on my mind. It's the end of October right now. Uh, you're listening to this. Uh, well, it came out on the end of, at the end of October. Christmas is almost upon us. I know it's it's about a month away, but in the world for us, for musicians, it's it's next week basically. And here's why: I work um, I work at a church. I'm the I'm a staff arranger at a local uh, church, and we have to get our music ready. We have to uh, prepare the uh, charts, sheet music, you know, um, whatever. Uh, production we have to do, planning, all that stuff has to happen beforehand uh, so that we can have rehearsals ready, we can uh, we can be ready for a Christmas concert, a Christmas Eve service, you know, uh, a candlelight thing, a New Year's Eve thing, and all kinds of different things. And so now, um, even though it's not even Halloween yet, uh, I'm in the Christmas spirit. <laughs> um and, you know, it, it kind of makes sense. I guess uh, some of the stores are already selling Christmas stuff, but um, but I am legitimately in the Christmas spirit. That's what's going on over here. That's part of, you know, part of what, what we do and part of at least what I do. Uh, you know, the ho, 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 the jingle bells, the uh, not so much the Santa, but more like, you know, the manger and Silent Night and those kinds of things. Um, but yeah, that's what's going on here. Today's episode was recorded at Buddy Brew Coffee in Tampa, the original store, or at least the main store on Kennedy. Um, it is one of my favorite places. It really is because it's um, awesome coffee. 
and, and actually really great food too. So what that means is that there's going to be some noise. Um, there's going to be, there are people talking. The baristas are calling out people's names after they get the order ready. There's going to be background music. Um, so there's a little bit of noise, but I think our voices are still pretty audible. And, um, and at one point, the, uh, you know, a fire truck drives by. We're on a major street in, uh, in Tampa. And unfortunately, there must have been some kind of emergency, but a fire truck drives by. If you're in your car driving, please don't be alarmed. It's most likely the recording. Um, I don't want anybody to get into any accident. Anyways, <laughs> today's guest is um, is Nathan Brown. He's a friend of mine. Um, on Well, I met him on Instagram through a mutual friend of ours. And he's a San Diego-based, um, San Diego-based bassist. I should have worded that differently. He comes from Detroit originally. He lives in San, lives and works in San Diego. Actually, works across uh, the whole country. He's a uh, he's endorsed with Kiesel Guitars, uh, Kiesel slash Carvin, I guess, and Tsunami Cables. And he's currently on tour with, um, or at least he was there, but he tours and records and plays with uh, Coco Montoya, who is a well-respected blues guitarist, blues artist. And that's how he was here in Tampa. And I caught him um, towards like the uh, the second, the, the last third of, uh, of their tour. And he, he took some time to meet me at Buddy Brew because he is a self-proclaimed cappuccino addict. You, it says so right on his Instagram. Um, you should go check it out. Um, and he says he enjoyed it. He enjoyed the coffee. I believe him. And I hope to have him back soon. Uh, whenever he's back here in Tampa, he's absolutely welcome. Um, so shout out to Buddy Brew, Nathan Brown. Uh, who's an um, amazing bassist? You, uh, you go check out uh, check out the show notes. I'm gonna have uh, some links, but he man, he just grooves it like he understands it. And you know, as I was uh, as I was listening to him and and talking to him, I'm realizing, man, this guy is he's he's like me in that he just wants to like he just wants to make the music feel good. It's all about feel. It's all about uh, just grooving, supporting it. You know, all that stuff, man. That's that's it's so important. You know, he's worked with um, Kamau, uh, Kenyatta. He's worked with a band called Bone Shakers, Scott Wilkie Band. Um, and this is really interesting. One of the things he talks about is how he underestimated the blues, thinking it's like, oh, yeah, I got it. I know music. I know my jazz stuff and my R&B. Uh, I got this blues gig. And he, you know, he talks about how he kind of got schooled a little bit and he had to uh, give give the respect to, for, to the genre that is that it really deserves. And that was really interesting to me, you know, because uh, we can all fall in that trap. But anyways, I will let him explain more. And so without further ado, Nathan Brown. Nate Brown, thanks for doing this, man. Thanks for... Thank you, here. man. Thank you. Uh, so you're you're a bass player from Detroit now living in San Diego. Yeah, how did you um, how did you get started on with music? Was bass your first instrument? Uh, no, <clears throat> um, actually, 
Yeah, just as a kid, just my father was really uh, into music a lot, and he played percussion a little bit, and uh, he took us to a lot of jazz concerts yeah. as as kids. And um, but you know, just like any kid, just I played in the bands in school and played horns, and um, I think I even had a drum set at one time, and. And I had a bass, but didn't really click to me until uh, I was in high school. And um, um, I, had, I had a job at a fast food place, and this guy named Paul Stewart was my manager. Okay. was also a great bass player and vocalist. And he invited me to uh, one of his shows, and I went. And that was the connection right there when I just saw how, to me, the way he moved the crowd and the way they responded and just his, I don't know, it was just something about it. I was like, that's I want to do that. You that's know? what got you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And that was when I, the obsession began. And, and uh, so I was in high school then and just started to uh, sort of immerse myself in it. And uh, I just couldn't get enough, like, taking lessons. I started playing bass in the, um, in the uh, stage band at my high school and... Uh, Got in a couple of bands with friends outside of school. Yeah. and uh, What kind of music back then? What were uh, you, doing? you know, it was mostly um, R&B and jazz for me. Um, it wasn't a, it wasn't a wide, there's a lot of stuff in Detroit, but it, it feels like maybe there are like clicks or pockets and stuff. And I just, I just was, I know there's a lot of great rock and stuff that came out of Detroit. I was not. You weren't in those circles. Weren't, weren't into yeah. it at all. I never, never was exposed to it. So it was, it was pretty much R&B and jazz, um, uh, which is, you know, what I started playing. And uh, the bands that I was involved with, like, out of high school, the, you know, after-school bands or whatever, was R&B, uh, you know, the current stuff that was going on in, yeah. in, the, in that time. And, and then playing in the jazz band at, at uh, my high school and eventually, uh, you know, playing some jazz gigs around around. I just kept, you know, studying. I had a few different teachers and and uh, just tried to learn as much as I can. You were learning to read and learning the theory and all that side at that time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I had already had a little bit of experience, you know, just from playing horns and different, so, you know, a right. little bit of exposure. But really, like I said, I didn't really get serious until the bass. And so, but yeah, I played in the, uh, played upright bass in the orchestra. I played... Oh. Nice. In the stage band. And I was still playing uh, clarinet through high school. And so I had like like four music classes like my last year of high school. <laughs> it was like that's, all music and oh, <laughs> all day, great. you know. And I was just obsessed, you know. And then I would go home and, and practice or rehearsing with my bands that I, you know, band that I was in then. And uh, just I just had the bug really, really bad. You know? So did you at that time... Was it just a hobby that you loved, or did you know, man, I want to do this for a living for the rest you know, of my life or something? Um, I pretty much, it, there was a point, I don't remember exactly when it was. Maybe I might have been out of high school, but I, I remember a friend of mine, he's still one of my great friends today, and he said that I told him at some point that I want to be a musician. Yeah. And it wasn't about, like, being you know, famous or a rock star. I was like, I just want to play. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I didn't care how. I just wanted that to be my life. And I told him that at a pretty young age. So um, so at some point, you know, it just felt like home, you know. Yeah. 
and uh, I knew I was supposed to do something with it. Do you, um, how did you how did you start doing that? Like, how did you turn pro? I mean, uh, we all well, most of us would start with like the garage bands. You like you said, playing with your friends and all that. Um, how did you start getting your first you, you know working gigs? You know, that's that's a real interesting one because, <clears throat> excuse me, I was in in Detroit. I spent my whole life there, and growing up there and just kind of. I didn't. I didn't really seek it out. Like, like, as far as working, uh-huh. I just was like in love with playing music, and yeah. so I was just, you know, just looking for music. wasn't really thinking of it in terms of business or work. Right. And just from kind of being there, um, I don't know. It was just kind of word of mouth. Just meet people. You somebody introduce you to somebody else. It just kind of happened. Yeah. But. The reason I said that was interesting is because when I moved to California, uh-huh. that was a real eye-opening experience because all of a sudden I had to go and look for work. Oh, right, because you didn't have that. I, did, I didn't have that coming up. It just was kind of something that happened and yeah. it was real organic. And so when I came to California, you know, I f- fell flat on my face, man. I had, <laughs> didn't know what to do. I was like sitting there with the phone on going, how come nobody's calling me? Right. You know? <laughs> So, uh, yeah. San Diego. And you and you San went Diego. straight to San Diego? Or did you go to L.A., San Francisco no, pretty, or something? pretty much um, straight to San Diego. Um, my my uh, first wife was had a job on the military base there okay. in, in Oceanside, California. So our plan was to go there and then eventually work our way to L.A. Okay. You know, it's a couple hours away and... Uh, of course, that never happened. Uh, I did. I did work a lot in LA. Still do, but I ended up loving the San Diego area so much. So as time went on, I kept thinking, okay, well, I'm going to move to LA, move to LA, and then all of a sudden, it's like, man, I think I'm going to stay right here. This is yeah. pretty cool, and and uh, it's a great, um, just a real great musical family there in in the San Diego area. Everybody's like, um, it's not as competitive as like like LA and and I know maybe that's you know I don't know different people might feel different about that but right. it was uh, a very welcoming uh, music scene there and uh, uh, yeah so that's become home and I've been there for like 25 years or something like nice. that now yeah so how how did you start there then um, you know did you go to jam sessions did you call up a friend or just make cold calls or something like it, it was tough man like i said coming from detroit where i just you, you know you just i kind of knew everybody and then i literally came to california turned on my phone and sat there waiting for the phone to ring <laughs> like i'm here yeah you know where's the gigs you know um and obviously that was really naive um but you know, eventually I started getting out and meeting people, and that was a a real learning uh, experience because I didn't have any experience doing that, just to try and the network kind of thing. Okay. Um, so it started off really rough, but yeah, just kind of going to gigs and you know hearing other people play, introducing myself, uh, jam sessions, um, and eventually, uh, uh, oh, and I'm. Uh, the other thing was just kind of reaching out to the people that I knew from Detroit who were already in California. Oh, okay. And um, which kind of was a big, you know, catapult. Like I 
the, the group that I played with for a long time, the Bone Shakers and the, um, the Scott Wilkie Band, um, you know, Kamal Kenyatta, those are all Detroit connections, you know, yeah. and people that yeah. I still work with, you know, today. And, uh, but yeah, and then locally, like I said, the, the scene was so welcoming. Once I met a few people, um, uh, they started to help me out. Um, good Daryl Williams, I'm, I'm sure you probably come across Daryl Williams. That name sounds familiar. Yeah, really me. amazing yeah. bass player from San Diego, and uh, he's he's really killing it right now. He's yeah. Got CDs, second CD is out doing really well, but he was one of the guys that I heard him playing at a club. I think I was out walking my dog or something, <laughs> and I heard this music, so I went to the listen at the door. On the break, he came out, and we started talking. Nice. And I think like the next day or maybe the day after that, he came to my apartment. We sat down to jam, and he started recommending me for gigs. Now, he was like the cat in San Diego. He knew everybody. Yeah. So on his word, you know, people started hiring me, man. And that was like, you know, that was like a big, a big deal, man. So he really helped me uh, get it going. I always remember that, yeah. you know. Man, and that's and you know that's pretty random. Like, how would you have known? How could you ha ever have planned that on your walk yeah, with your dog? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it totally was just like, yeah. Hey, I hear some music <laughs> over there. It sounds pretty good. Let me go listen. And then on the break, I started talking to him, and uh, uh, he had even invited me to sit in, but I had my dog with me, so yeah. I couldn't. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so he came over, and he came over. He didn't know Man. me from anybody. He right. just came over, and we sat down and played, and. I guess once he saw I could, I could handle it or whatever. He he uh, started recommending me, and that that was it, man. Once that started, it was, you know, pretty much started to get some motion going. Yeah. Um, with the local San Diego scene. That's that's cool, man. That's really cool. And and something something I've noticed in my own life and talking to a, a bunch of people is like that networking thing, you know. And you meet somebody here, and they recommend you, or you sub for a sub for somebody and you meet that person and they remember you from that gig or whatever else and it's just like and you and you yeah. never know where it's going to come from right you, you can plan it you know you know i used to have like my notes and i'm going to go out and i'm going to do this and this and this it never seemed to come from <laughs> like that that effort it yeah. just was like something random like that and just kind of it's a people thing you know a lot of it's just kind of you know, people, uh, I mean, you got to have your, your stuff together, obviously, but yeah. then it becomes like more like a people thing, you know? Right. And people like you and they recommend you. And uh, and so I try to do the same, you know, even without thinking about it, you just kind of do that. Like, oh, yeah, that guy was pretty cool. Right, he right. Recommend him for something. And, yeah. But, you know, it could be like a great player, but if you didn't vibe with him, right, you yeah. know, you might not. Yeah. You know, and if you know if you know the person's uh, not a not a cool dude, you're not gonna recommend him to your friends or whatever. Right, you know? right. Yeah. yeah, he could be a monster player, but just something you know something about the vibe isn't right. So you don't recommend him. You might recommend somebody else that you felt more of a connection with or chemistry with, or uh, or just they put off a good vibe. You know. Yeah. yeah. Now, right, we're we're here in Tampa now at one of my favorite places, Buddy Brew. Because I know you're a, a I think cappuccino. it's becoming one of my favorite places, too. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> and I'm sure they will be, too. Yeah. You, on your Instagram, you have Cappuccino Addict. So we're here. Uh, but you're here because of Coco Montoya. You're yes. playing with Coco Montoya. How long have you been with him? Man, it'll be 10 years next month. 
with Coco. Great blues guitarist. Blues Does he guitarist. sing too? He sings, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a um, um, uh, great blues artist, well-respected, long, uh, deep roots. He, he um, first toured with Albert Collins, I think, and on playing drums. He was a drummer really? with Albert Collins. <laughs> and, um, and uh, went on to tour with uh, John Mayall, which uh, for I think ten years or something he did with John Mayall, and and then he started doing his own his own, own CDs, and uh, and so yeah, man, I've been in the band with touring with him for ten years now, and tell it's, it's tell me cool. that story again. You were telling me a little bit about it before, but tell me how you got connected with him, how you got that. Yeah, again, another random thing. So I was playing with um, a band called the Bone Shakers. Um, which is led by my friend Randy Jacobs, Detroit, Detroit oh, yeah, connection, you yeah, know. Yeah. And uh, we were hosting a jam session for the Santa Cruz Blues Festival. Uh, must have been 2008, I think. Yeah, it have been 2008. And so we were the jam band. Now, Coco Montoya was playing the festival. Okay. And so a lot of the guys from the f festival came to the jam. Coco came, and I met him that night. And... Um, and it was just one of those things. He ended up calling like a few months later saying he was looking for a bass player, bass player and a drummer at the time. And, uh, and he remembered you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He, he, he had, for whatever reason, I couldn't, you'd have to ask him. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why, but he reached out to uh, me through Randy Jacobs. And, um, and uh, yeah, that started it. And I remember the first, the first month long tour I did with him. Uh, I just thought that was going to be it because once once I got in, I kind of realized I had totally like underestimated the blues. I wasn't really understanding the gig, and I was just like, "Oh, I think you know this is probably it for me." And Ten years later, I'm still here. So yeah, praise God for that. So, amen. Uh, what did you What did you have to do to since you underestimated it? Um, he was he guiding you along was he telling you you were telling me about the drummer too yeah 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 so definitely there was there were things that i underestimated you know coming from an r&b and jazz you know i definitely played a little blues but played at it not really it's different when you really you know you get into a genre and, and the subtleties there yeah. you know you can really i did really underestimate it uh and i found that out at the first rehearsal oh yeah you know, i walked in and <laughs> Started, I remember him. I started playing one of the songs that was a a 12-bar blues thing, and I just started kind of walking the changes like I would for a jazz song or whatever. Right, yeah. And he goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, you need to go listen to that. There's a bass line there that, you know, you need to respect that. And, and so uh, that was just one of the things. But along the way, you know, he would give me suggestions on stuff to listen to. And then... Um, uh, about five or six years ago, uh, Renee Beavers, who's the drummer now, who's also a bass player and a real blues guy, yeah, um, he joined the band, and uh, you know, I, I would get dirty looks from him, and <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, uh, but he's really, really great in like just kind of you know, basically the dirty looks. So I, I knew that there was a problem, and so uh -huh. I go, well, hey man, how should I approach this? There's a lot of different subtleties to it different types of shuffles and um, and just kind of um, it's more of a respect thing you know I, yeah. I really just I, respecting I, the, genre the genre or respecting Coco's music specifically and, and both really okay. yeah the, but the genre I just 
You know, like when you first learn to play guitar, the first thing they teach you is a blues progression. Yeah, yeah. You know, because in a sense, it's easy. But that's just the, that's just the framework. It's, it's like there's so much that goes on to make it really what it is and why it touches people so much. Yeah. And you've got to look deeper to really get that. And so, um, yeah, that was just a, that was a learning experience. And then also for, for just Coco Montoya in, in general, um, I didn't really understand the gig right away. It took me a while to get it. It was more of a rock, blues, blues rock thing, and more than it is like a like traditional yeah. type blues or whatever. And so all of those things kind of made me, you know, think like I'm not going to be around much longer. <laughs> but uh, I, you are the, ten years later. Yeah, ten years later, I'm still still doing it, so. and and uh, it's been a great ride. You know, seeing a lot of the, a lot of the world that um, just that fantasized about seeing traveling in Europe and stuff and. So it's been a good, definitely been a great, uh, great ride for yeah. sure. Yeah. So yeah. Let, let's talk about that. What What is the, um, what's a day in the life like when you're on tour, like today or, or any other time? Oh uh, man, there's like limousines and women and <laughs> drugs and not. Nah. <laughs> no. Uh, and that's why we should all be musicians. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, man, well. You know, for the most part, we're, we're, we're up in the morning, um, you know, maybe we play the night before or whatever. So we, we start off in the morning, whatever hotel, and we get into the van. This is a van tour. We have a van with a trailer. So okay. it's, it's, not, it's not, uh, not very rock and roll, you know. But, <laughs> but yeah, so in the morning, we would, we would get up and get ourselves together. We get in the van and we drive to wherever the next destination is. Um, Like last night, you were in North Carolina, which is yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yesterday, so yesterday we had a day off, so we spent, okay. but we spent the whole day driving from uh, North Carolina to Tampa. So, and it, we were on the road for 14 hours, so yeah. it was a long day. And that's when we have those are the roughest ones for me when it's just a whole whole day of travel. But typically, they try to book it pretty tight, so there's a show every day. Yeah. So the drives are usually three to six hours or something like that. Okay. Um, man, we get there, we do our uh, load-in sound check, you know, setup thing, and maybe we can go to the hotel. Maybe not. You know, we got to do the show. Well, and l let me leave out the fun part, uh. is, is the unloading and loading of all the gear. Oh, yeah. And uh, setting it up, breaking it down and all of that. And then by the time you're done with the show, man, you just want to get back to the room and get a little sleep and start all over again the next day. Right. And um, are you are you guys on this tour? You're loading in and loading out. Are you guys also carrying your own PA, or do you have to do that? No, we, locally? we we're just carrying like our personal okay. gear. We don't carry PA stuff, but but all the you know for me, you know, bass amp, bass and drum kit, right? Keyboard Leslie, right? All of that stuff. Uh, We carry every all that stuff with us, right? For the most part, you know. Sometimes we do fly dates, and and there'll be like backline stuff, or or some venues. For me, <clears throat> some venues will have a backline bass app that I like, and I'll use it. And, okay. But for the most part, yeah, we're loading. But you have your stuff anyways, because you don't find that stuff out until the day of, like if the venue um, has them. It, it depends. Um, sometimes they'll send us a backline list in advance. Okay. You know, and um, especially for flying dates. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of always the situation. They'll send a, 
a list of what they have. Um, we do have a writer that has the stuff that we would like. Yeah, right. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you get I kind of purposely uh, became familiar and comfortable with the Ampeg SVT because they have them everywhere. Yeah, right. And so that was kind of my strategy. I was like, okay, every backline company has this. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to get to know this whether I have one or not so that I know I'm always covered. That's smart. I should do and, the same. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, and that every now and then uh, you might get to one backlight company and say, oh, our, our SVT, the head is blown or something like that. But for right. the most, I would say 90% of the time, they always have it. So yeah. I became uh, really familiar and comfortable with that with that sound. And I was even traveling with uh, the 810 cabinet for a while. Wow. And I, actually, this, first, this is the first tour without it. That yeah. Got tired of moving that sucker. But, yeah. Um, that thing's a, it's like a coffin. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, so we we carry uh, all our stuff, and so we load it in, set it up. We don't have a crew or anything. Right. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean that's kind of the 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 basic the basic day on the basic road, day, you know. Yeah. yeah. What are some of the oh, either now or early on in your career? What are the, some of the the, the mistakes, um, or have there been mistakes? on the road while you've been out on tour that, that you like, you know, that's a life lesson. Let me never do that again. Or, you know, or, or you saw somebody else make a mistake and let me never do that again. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, nothing big. I mean, there's, there's little things that, that, that maybe when you're not familiar, like in the beginning, you, you might take for granted, like for one, you think it's a lot more glamorous than it is. And, uh -huh. And, um, but just, I mean, I don't really have anything major for that, I think, but just kind of like always, when you think you're going to have time, you don't. You don't, okay. You know, so uh, I right. always try to have like my clothes ready in as much in advance as I can because you don't even know if you're going to get a chance to take a shower or right. iron clothes or whatever it is you need to do. You, you may think you will have the time, always something will blow that, you know. Right. Uh, so, um, but, you know, you can't, I, I, the other thing is to not let that get you, get in your head or anything, because you just got to go, man. And, and as long as we get there and play the show, and, uh, you know, that's the important part. So Yeah, and you can't, you can't let it get, you know, you can't let it get to your head. Even, like, when it comes to showtime, the audience is expecting good show. They don't, right. They don't know that. They don't know. Uh, yeah what you've been going through and, and all of that. And they don't care, really. Right, I yeah. mean, they, you know, they, they paid to come see a show. They want to have a good time. And uh -huh. so, um, you know, sometimes we have to remind ourselves of that because, yeah. you know, it's, it's rough just being on the road anyway. Um, just the nature of it, you know, in this case, there's four guys mm -hmm. and we're, we're pretty much tied at the hip. Yeah. You know, for, um, you know, five weeks. And, you know, sometimes things get, Tense, oh. you know, it's it's a hard way. It's not a it's not an easy thing. So, um, uh, you know, you can have like bad days where you're not feeling, you know, you're not feeling right. But you know, you have to kind of put yourself in that space of when you're on stage. And for the most part, I think when we're on stage, it seems to just yeah kind of happens. You know, no matter what's going on, it, you seem to be able to get. At least for me, it's like yeah. you just kind of like okay. Whatever else happened, that's gone now, and, and I'm here. And, do, you and ever, do you ever find you put that into your music? 
Like it just comes out in the expression of what you're doing that night. You're you frustrated, know, and now your notes carry that. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know. I hope not, because I think my, for being a bass player, in that supportive role is a little bit different. I've always, I've often wondered that about um, Coco, and I hope, he, I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this. But you know, there's been times where I mean, there's difficult situations you come across on the road. Yeah. And I would swear that there's been times where, like, he was having a rough moment, whatever it was, dealing with a promoter or whatever, because he's got to deal with yeah. a lot of stuff going on. And But he would get on stage, and it would just be like, ah, fire, you know? You're <laughs> like, wow, you to piss him off every day. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know if that's really, but it, it seems like it yeah. would seem like that sometimes. Um, for me, I think, I think my best... Uh, energy and playing is when I'm more relaxed and okay. kind of uh, not anxious and not, you know, uh, you know, feeling any kind of uh, energy. And even if I do, I feel like it calms me, like it kind of calms me down once I start playing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. Um, so the, the, the people thing, you mentioned, you know, it's a people thing. Uh, networking and all that, and I'm sure that must go on on tour. Like, um, and I've heard this. I have not been on a, like a national tour or anything like that. I've done some fly dates or whatever, but I've heard this from several people that it's like you spend maybe two hours on stage, but 22 hours in a van or in a hotel or whatever else. Right. And so that that people thing must come in like huge and you kind of talked about it you know it gets tense and yeah yeah and such have you been on on in situations like that not not necessarily in this but in previous things and how 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 have you in a situation where it's just like uh, it's not i'm not gonna work with that guy or have you has that has that occurred to you yeah it's 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 rough man it's it's really rough sometimes just because um i mean it's people even even like i mean you know, you, you look at your family, if if you're together too much sometimes, you know, uh, yeah. you're going to have, you're going to have some bumps and, and things there. It doesn't mean that you don't love them. It's just part of, kind of part of life. And, uh, but yeah, I think that um, I, I've been with some bands that, um, where we had complete magic on stage and complete horror off stage. Oh, really? Yeah. It was just like. Man, how can that be so good on stage and so bad off stage? And I think that's uh, it's probably why a lot of bands don't they don't last don't last yeah. or you know or don't don't tour. Like I mean, this is a rough way to this is a rough way to do it. You know, it's not it isn't easy. But yeah, just it's more the people thing, more personality this than it is musical differences. I'm right. sure you know, and um, but. You know, you, I don't have any uh, 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 tips on how to deal with that. You know, it's just kind of. Well, uh, I, I mean, I, you kind of do. It's just something being a good person, you know, just um, being relaxed, you know, mm -hmm. putting yourself in the mind in the mind that, you know, if, even if something's going, you know, this is what you just what you just mentioned, you know. Yeah, it kind of, you know, like more recently, you know, I've started to kind of pay attention to when other people, like in the group or wherever, are maybe going through something and, and just trying to, I guess, be understanding and just maybe give them their space for a minute, let them yeah. 
you know, work it out. Uh, so just kind of being sensitive and and because uh, it's a lot of togetherness, you know, yeah. and <laughs> it's a lot of togetherness. But yeah, that's the only tip I'll have. Just maybe just kind of be sensitive to the the people around you and and what they may be going through, and and instead of maybe responding in a way that mm. that escalates things, you know, mm-hmm. and. Um, the uh, what the, but, what the yeah, Bible says. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's people, and we're all different, and all you like, know. What the what the Bible says: um, slow to, uh, quick to listen, and slow to speak. Yeah, yeah, you know, that yeah, kind of exactly. Yeah. Let's talk about something a little bit more, a little bit more happy. Yeah. This, you're a you're an endorsed artist, right? Kiesel and Tsunami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kiesel. Um, so how did how did that come about, and um, and how does that how does that work for you on tours and, and what you do in a daily life? Like, how does that help you? Yeah, uh, Kiso, again, is another real uh, <clears throat> kind of organic thing. Uh, I didn't really seek that out. Um, they are located near where I live. Okay. And so some years back, I had, when I became aware of them, I, I, I went in, I bought a, my first base that I got from them was a fretless base. And... Um, and then, and I had been playing a jazz bass for a long time, and it got damaged. Oh. And so I was kind of looking to get a new bass, and it was right when they were kind of sort of uh, rebranding, or they came out with this, this bass that, um, I probably shouldn't mention that one, but their first kind of <laughs> foray into the, the custom bass, uh, the the real professional uh, thing that got everybody's attention. They were coming out with this bass, and I... And I went in, I just happened to be there while they were showing somebody a prototype. At their shop? At, at the their, shop. Okay, yeah. And so I played it. And I was like, it wasn't finished yet, but I played it. It felt really good. So I waited because yeah. I was ready to buy like a bass, you know, from somebody else. And, and I said, no, I'm going to wait and see what this, how this turns out. And um, so when it did, when they finished it, I got one and loved it. And then um, I've had a few four bases, I think, from them since then. But it just kind of happened where it wasn't something I sought out for the endorsement. I was just there a lot. I was playing a lot and talking about the bases a lot. And, uh, you know, and they offered me kind of, uh, you know, I don't know, artist kind of thing, you know. Yeah. And I was, like, really honored and flattered and, and totally happy with, with the product, which is, you know, kind of the, the main thing. You know, is to be happy with the product and not right. just having like endorsement just to say you have an endorsement or whatever. Right. And um, because it's not, it's not like I I know there are different levels, but I know there's there's a conception of like, oh, I'm an endorsed artist and I'm gonna get a bunch of free stuff. And I don't yeah. think that that doesn't seem to me like that's no. And realistic. there's different levels of that. You know, in my case, I'm I, I kind of considered myself. Um, I didn't even really consider myself an artist. I just thought like, I'm a friend of I'm a friend of <laughs> Kiso, you know. They give me like a discount or whatever, but I don't get anything from free for free from them. But there are some guys who do that are are more involved in 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 the in it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's a cool family to be a part of, and they've they've uh, uh, loved the customer service, loved the instrument. And uh, yeah, it's my main base, man. That's every day, man. Yeah, through all the, all the different gigs, everything. And uh, I know you you post a lot with it on. Um, if it's not coffee, it's the Kiesel. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And uh, 
And then um, I actually met Um, and then um, Tsunami Cables, I actually met um, Keith, who's the, the, the owner. Um, I was on a tour at Kiesel, um, and um, he was part of the tour, and I met him there. And when I saw his cables, he does these custom ca- ends for the cables. Right. I man, mean, they're custom all the way, but the ends really caught my attention. I was like, man, I want one of those, man. Yeah. I'd like. And at the time, I had no idea what the, whether it was a quality cable or not. I just thought it looked yeah. really cool, <laughs> and I wanted the custom ends. And um, so, uh, so we talked and kind of, you know, ended up. I mean, it's nothing official. There's no paperwork or anything. It's just... You know, I like the cables. I talk about them, and, yeah. and they're great. But once I got it, and after having uh, the cables, I like them even more. Yeah. You know, at first it was just a look. Right. And now I'm like, man, these things are great. They're like, you know, I mean, we put them to the, I put them to the test being on the road the way that I am, and so right. I'm, I really, I really like them. They're durable. They look great. He's really creative with all the different designs and stuff that he, that he does with them. But most of all, man, is they're high-quality cables, and they're durable. Yeah. They, they last. And, and uh, uh, so, yeah, love him. He's a great guy and um, uh, been, been really cool to, to know him. And right. So I just did my whole rig. I had just the, the guitar cables at first. And then for this tour, I got, like, a different bass rig I'm using. So I just had him do... Cables yeah. for the whole thing. Yeah, I was gonna ask if you have. I know he's doing the speak on cables uh-huh. and different stuff. You have the whole thing is everything is now. So I got I got the speak on speaker cables uh, for this tour, and then I also got another cable just to go when I use, have to use a DI yeah. to go from the DI. So my whole chain is all nice. uh, tsunami now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it help? Um, does it help or does it affect at all that you're on a on a national tour? Or do you think like in these cases? For the were, endorsements? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, for sure. For sure. It's all about visibility, I think, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, of course, the fact that, you know, I mean, mm. to be out performing in front of people and um, uh, kind of lends, you know, some some credibility to right. it, I guess, or whatever. And, uh, uh, yeah, so, yeah, that definitely, I think, is a part of it. Some guys, it's different. Uh some people are more um, social media, yeah. real active on social media, and, and I'm, I'm not the best with that, but uh, some guys, you know, are endorsements based on that, based on their following and their activity online and stuff. Uh, and then, again, it's all visibility and, you know, how many people are seeing it and, and you're putting out positive right. information about it, I think. Um, um, so, and another... Uh, uh, company that I really am a fan of is DR Strings. I don't have any kind of deal with them, but I just love them. And so those, that's, I've been playing them for like 20-something years. I like the high beams. The high beams? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I don't but think... But the, pure blues, the pu- pure blues are pretty cool, too. Yeah. I, I, I would switch it up sometime, but most of the time it's high beams. So yeah. I'm just really used to those and like that sound. Yeah. Nice. Um, so part of what, like I was explaining to you earlier, was part of this podcast is to answer that question, you know, what do you do for a living? And sometimes we have to do more than just one thing, right? You yeah, know, for ev- sure. With music, you have to kind of be diverse. I know you teach. Um, how did you start doing that? And um, actually, 
more maybe more to the point while you're on tour are you still teaching are you doing like skype lessons or is that only when you're home yeah um um i don't have a lot of students um i did at one time uh have quite a uh, full schedule Mo when i lived in detroit i had a pretty full schedule of students then um now it's like four or five mm -hmm. and and some of them aren't even every week you know um they just kind of I work with people. It depends on what you're trying to do and your schedule and everything. But yeah, I do continue the lessons on on while I'm on the road doing using using Skype and yeah. um, you know try to keep it going that way because it's kind of hard when you're you know it's hard for me to 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 teach like younger people like kids because they need more of a consistent thing and my schedule is like so crazy. Yeah. And, and different all the time, so it, it hasn't worked out real well with me with kids. So all my all my students are adults uh, at this point. Not that I wouldn't take kids, but it's just a little. It's hard. The to schedule see, yeah. thing is is a little tricky. Um, but yeah, so I've got a few students that I've been working with, and uh, try to keep them keep them engaged while I'm I'm on tour too. So you have to find those. It sounds easy to do that too, but just finding the right times. Yeah. And so I've got students in California. I'm on a I'm in a different time zone. Yeah. And right. I have to try to figure out when we can connect. That's been the hardest part is just scheduling it. And cuz cuz on the road I I don't I'm not in charge of my daily things. Right. So uh but it's been working out. You know, sometimes I do videos and just, you know, and do it that way if okay. we can't actually uh, be online at the same time. Right, so, you'll record something and send it to them? Yeah, kind of yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's been, it's been working out so far. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. it's great. Um, so what, um, what would you say to someone who, who is thinking of doing music, you know, either full-time or trying to, be, uh, trying to be just a working pro, um, what what should they be working on? Um, well, there's there's a lot. There's always <laughs> there's a lot. I mean, it never stops, really. Um, but you know, I mean, people skills, and and I, and I say that because like, um, I think sometimes like musicians, man, we we spend so much time by ourselves, you know, <laughs> in our thing. Sometimes the the social thing isn't always, but for some people it is. It, it's more natural. But uh, you know, people skills, business. You know, because it is. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna do it, if that's gonna be your livelihood, it's a business. It becomes so. Um, you have to kind of think of it that way. But it's a different kind of business, though, because. I mean, we're. We're all doing. We're all got businesses going. Our individual business, but we're also. It's a. It's still more personal than. I mean, I've never had another business, but yeah. I, it just feels like it's more personal, and um, so much of it is if people like you and you know if you get along and. Um, I mean, that's a big part of it. Not not to minimize the having your stuff together musically right. and trying to you know always. Um, um, do your best and, and put your best out there, you know. And uh, I'm always just appreciative, man. I, I try uh, to keep in mind that whoever I'm working with, man, there's a lot of bass players, a lot of bass players out there. 
and uh, a lot of musicians, just if for any instrument. And they, they, they're having me on the gig. So I try to just honor that and yeah. appreciate that. And, um, but yeah, I would just say like, just, I've, I've heard other people say, just don't be a dick, you know, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like the, that's like the best advice ever. Right. You know, that was um, actually the title of one of my, uh, one I of wasn't, the episodes. Yeah, 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 right, right, right. Yeah. And that's, you know, there's so much to that, man. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, you got to practice and do your thing and study and everything. Sure. But, but again, it's people, you know, it comes yeah. down to people. So um, you could be like a killer virtuoso player. And, and some people will put up with a crappy person, you know, <laughs> for a while. Right. You know, if they're that great. But, but not forever. But yeah, yeah. And, and, then, yeah. And, and then why do you want to be that way anyway? I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's uh, in the end, I think people that, uh, you know, you have a good energy and, and, and bring a good energy to the situation and uh, goes a lot further you yeah. know, than whatever kind of monster chops or whatever. And <laughs> so. can, can I ask a little bit more technical if, as far as the business? First of all, that's, that's all great advice. But as far as the business, do you... Um, you know, you travel internationally too. So, do you? Are you like an LLC? Are you your own little corporation? Do you? How would you? How do you handle that? That kind of thing. Um, at this point, no. I'm just a. I'm. I'm just an independent contractor. Okay. Um, um, I've, I've kind of looked into that a little bit, and probably should look into it again. At the time, I looked into it maybe ten years ago. It, it wasn't beneficial to me at the time. Like the administrative costs were more, uh, were costing more than it was worth for me to, yeah. to do LLC. And uh, but yes, yeah, so at this point, I'm just an independent contractor. However, there are some things to consider with that. You know, just liability and stuff like that, and uh, mostly insurance stuff. That you know, I would recommend people investigate that. You yeah. know. Um, right, it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just an independent, independent contractor. Is how the IRS yeah. sees me. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's What's next for you? Like, uh, you have? Oh yeah, original material. You have any? I couldn't find. I couldn't find yeah, like I, CDs of your own. There's you There's nothing in in my name. I've written some stuff that's been that's been uh, published with some different artists. But the most. Uh, I guess uh, the closest thing I get is a group called Under the Lake that um, I've recorded a few CDs and I've written some songs on on uh, their stuff. So um, and that no, would be the most. No plans to me. to have your own. Uh, you know that comes up every now and then, and and usually what happens is I'll start writing, uh-huh. which is kind of a good thing. Maybe I should. I start writing and then somebody will want one of the songs for their project. Okay. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. But I never have, like, finished the complete uh, things. But I write all the time, man, especially, um, uh, like, on this trip. I've all just, like, one of the things I do to occupy myself on those road trips is, because uh, you can do so much on the iPad. Yeah. So I, I you know, I sit there and try to create uh, stuff while I'm, while I'm in, the, in the van riding and yeah. stuff. So um, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if I've ever, I've never really like had that vision for for myself as a, a solo mm-hmm. bassist. Um, 
I, I kind of would like to do something more in a group uh, right. uh, context. So, um, but you never know. We'll see. See what happens with that. Well, to that point, where can we where can we follow you um, online or yeah? Right otherwise? now. Um, you can follow me just on, on the social media. Uh, my website's down right now, so I'm, I got, I'm working on that, getting that up again. Um, but right now, just uh, on Facebook, Nathan, Nathan Brown Bassist, I think it is on Facebook, and Nathan Brown Bass on Instagram and Twitter. And um, hopefully the site will be up again soon. Yeah, yeah. 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 And and um, and we can find like the dates for Coco on his site, which I'll have I'll have links oh, to all that. Oh stuff. yeah yeah yeah, CocoMontoyaBand.com okay. is where uh, all of his tour dates are. Uh, and then like it, I saw on your Facebook, I saw you recently played with someone, um, Marilyn, or you had a you had a picture of you at a at a blues festival in California. In California, it was like, I think it was oh, in August, oh. right? Maybe uh, that was in, in Mexico. I was just in uh, was the Rosarito Mexico? Beach. Uh, I'm sorry, the Baja Blues Festival in That's Rosarito it. Beach. Yeah. yeah, That was down in Mexico. Um, and I was there with a, a band called the Backwater Blues Band. And, um, man, it's just such a cool festival. Um, I absolutely love Mexico. I love going down there. So my wife and I went, and we stayed some extra time and yeah. kind of made a week of it there. And... Uh, but that's one that I recommend, especially if you live in California, because it's it's easy to get to. Yeah, and uh, it's a great time, great setting, uh, uh, good people, good food. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's just really killer. So, like for stuff like that, we can find on your Facebook, on your on your Instagram or something. Yeah, I usually um, I'm not very good at posting that. <laughs> I want to get the site going again because that way I would have I had a, cal- a calendar on there. Yeah. Because uh, I usually only post the day of the show, which doesn't uh, give people enough. <coughs> so I need to figure something out with that, right. you know. It's it's hard, man. It's hard. Like when you're when you're constantly working, how do you add that in? Like being social on on a little phone or something, you know? That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. tough for me too, man. Yeah, yeah. You have to be kind of uh, you have to have a purpose. Yeah, and, and you have to be disciplined to 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 carry it out too, you know. And, and I have been at times, I just, I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm, the social media thing still kind of baffles me sometimes. So, <laughs> you know, people are like, oh, no, you, you're posting too much. Oh, you're not posting enough. Or, you, you know, it's kind or of a, a weird, so I don't know. Or at the wrong time. At the wrong the time. Right, yeah. yeah, it's all of this, it's all of this stuff. It's like, man, you know, I just want to play bass, man. You right. Know, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I really want to get, um, uh, a web page up because at least there you know there's always a calendar mm-hmm. and um uh place because there's i don't think there's any place on facebook where you can put like a calendar maybe there is i don't know i, I but, you know uh, what i don't even know the answer to that they, fa- facebook keeps changing every week so yeah who, it does who it knows does. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so uh but yeah right now facebook um uh instagram and twitter cool and, uh you know, yeah, Instagram. That's where I follow you. That's where I found you. That's where, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, where we connected. Coffee and Kiesel, basically. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Keys. That's it. That's it. Um, Nathan, man, thank you so much for doing this. I oh really man, thank you, it. man. I'm honored, man. I'm honored to be uh, to be on it, and yeah. uh, and I'll be listening as well. I'll be cool. listening to some of the podcasts as well. It's thank really you. Cool. Yeah. Appreciate and it. hey, man, 
love what you're doing too, man. You, 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 you're, you're like, like keeping a lot of stuff going, man. I love the, the Instagram posts, and I know you're, you're working all the time. And yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Thank man. you, man. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, appreciate that. Got to diversify. Got to be out there doing, Gotta, yeah, doing a bunch of stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. cool, man. So, well, thanks. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. That was Nathan Brown, bassist extraordinaire for Coco Montoya. Uh, he just wrapped up a tour, the tour that where you know that he that brought him to Tampa. Uh, check him out. Check out first uh, Nathan Brown at Nathan Brown Bass on Instagram and Twitter. Nathan Brown bassist on Facebook. Um, check him out and for dates for Coco Montoya where you can see Nathan playing bass holding down the fort um, CocoMontoyaBand.com you'll find you know you'll find their tour dates and and whatever whatever else you want from there Uh, I just wanted to point out one thing something I am gonna take up Uh, you know he mentioned that he got uh, this is for bass players. This is if you're not a bass player, this might not apply to you. But um, but here it is. Anyways, he mentioned that um, he got familiar with a particular amp because most rental companies have it. It's called the Ampeg SVT. I think that's incredibly wise rather than complaining or 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 even like feeling bad or any kind of annoyance or anything like that that hey they don't have this rental company doesn't have your particular uh favorite amplifier or whatever which i i have to admit i have complained and i have felt you know the same way uh he has a totally different approach just Go and learn the amp that everybody else does have, and then you can get your your sound out of that amp, and you can uh, you can get you know what it is you want out of that amp. Man, that's <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think of that. <laughs> to be honest, check um, check Nathan out. Check me out on um, you know keep up with the podcast at Music Grind Podcast. That's the Instagram at Music Grind Podcast. The email is Music Grind Podcast at gmail.com. The website uh, Music Grind Podcast.com. And uh, please uh, don't forget to subscribe on Apple iTunes, on Stitcher, and or on Spotify. Leave a comment, a rating, a review, a five star, uh, a one star if you if that's what you feel like. I mean, I hope not, but if if so, I mean, just be honest. And to keep up with me personally. Uh, it's at TDV Music. The Instagram, the post that uh, Nathan referenced, the the stuff I do on Instagram. That's where you're gonna find it. At TDV Music. I put, um, you know, I put clips of music. I put photos from gigs. I put uh, sometimes I'll put food like everyone else, but that's very rare. And yeah, there you go. Uh, next next episode out in two weeks. And it'll be closer to Christmas once again. Um, Cool. Everybody out there, stay safe. And thanks for listening.